welcome to Jersey Guy Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, the Giants, the Rangers, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. And I'm your host, Don. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm going to be talking about Rutgers football, dominating Northwestern at home on Sunday, opening up the year well, winning 24-7. Also, very briefly, I'm going to touch on the Yanks, who are actually playing the kids. Imagine that. So far, so good. You know, what took them so long? Let's go ahead and get started. So I'm going to start with something we haven't talked about in depth in quite a while, and that is Rutgers football. Imagine that. Uh, Rutgers football beat Northwestern on Sunday, 24-7, on what was a very hot day in Rutgers' home opener for 2023. For Rutgers, it was a solid effort throughout against a Northwestern team that really has had a tough go of it. They've had a lot of obstacles in front of them, the Northwestern Wildcats, including a recent hazing scandal, uh, that involved the firing of their head coach over the summer. Uh, it was also a Northwestern team that was 1-11 last year, so they had their share of troubles even before the hazing scandal. But something like that could also become quite a bonding agent for the team. Um, as it turned out, Rutgers was able to take advantage of the team and get a much-needed Big Ten win. Rutgers is now 1-0 in the season and obviously 1-0 <clears throat> in the Big Ten, and that's a good start to their season. Now, uh, Rutgers' defense looked very formidable all day. They sat the quarterback five times. They picked off the quarterback two times. And they really deserved to shut out the Wildcats on Sunday, I got to say. They pressured the quarterback a lot. And they were really stout, I guess, uh, against the Northwestern team that really struggled on offense prior to that. But certainly they deserved the shutout. It was 24 nothing for the longest time. Rutgers should have had it. If it wasn't for a fumbled punt by Rochelle at the very end of the game with a couple minutes left, they gave the ball to Northwestern on the Rutgers 40-yard line with like two minutes left, three minutes left. That fucking sucked. Northwestern then scored, of course, with a few seconds left in the game to avoid the shutout. You know, in typical Rutgers fashion, they really play well and deserve a shutout. But, of course, they had to fumble a punt with three minutes left so that they wouldn't have their first ever Big Ten shutout. You know, it's baby steps for Rutgers. It takes a long, long time. Uh, we'll see. If Rutgers is going to improve, it's going to be slowly and steadily. Now, the defense, as I mentioned, was really, really good. And in particular, the defensive line. They were very strong. And if you watch this game, you saw it almost start to finish. And that's against the run, particularly against the pass. Um, other things you could see, the offensive line for Rutgers actually seems somewhat improved. Again, it's hard to tell against this team like Northwestern. But Northwestern is a decent Big Ten team in general, usually. They haven't been in the last year or two. Um, but they certainly have some very good linebackers and some good defensive players. Um, and having a great offensive line, or at least a serviceable offensive line, let's put it that way, is just critical in the Big Ten. You, again, you have to measure it against, you know, this being Northwestern. But you have to be impressed with what you saw from the offensive line compared to last year. Uh, now, unfortunately, there was no Sam Brown and the running back. We thought he'd be back after missing most of last year with that knee injury. But it turns out he was questionable right before the game and ended up not playing at all. So there was no Sam Brown and there was also no Aaron Younger running back. So what we saw was Kyle Manungai and we saw a fr- new freshman running back, uh, Jashawn Benjamin, who looked really good in his place, I have to say. Now, his numbers... Didn't look very good. I think I saw 20 carries for like 46 yards or something. But with the eye test, I'm telling you, Benjamin looked looked pretty damn good. He must have had a couple, you know, uh, 
rushes for losses to take away from some of those numbers, but he's got a couple big first downs. He was shifty in the hole. He got away from some defenders on some big plays, um, as did Manungai, who always looks good. I've always been a big fan of Kyle Manungai. Let's put it this way. Rutgers is very, very deep at running back. You know, if you were to list all the things that Rutgers had problems with, and you, it's a pretty big list, Ruck, running back would be pretty much last. They are always, always had really good running backs, and they've always been very deep in running backs, and that was on full display today when Aaron Young and Sam Brown were ruled out of the game. And we had Manungai and Jashawn Benjamin. Uh, I think even one time we had Salam run late in the game. But we have a very deep, deep backfield when it comes to running backs, and I never worry about our running backs. Um, Manungai and Benjamin actually shined all game. Um, let's see. Other notes, I guess, from the game. Wide receiver uh, Ian Strong made, made a beautiful toe drag TD catch in like the first half in what was a really good sign for Rutgers. It's been a long time since we've had wide receivers step up and make big plays. Now, certainly it's unclear whether we have better wide receivers this year uh, than we have. It does seem already after one game that I can tell some things, you know, couple really good catches, a couple catches where we fought off the other team, even some incompletions where we caught it and, and the ball was out of bounds. I was impressed with some of the new wide receivers that we have at Rutgers. Um, Ian Strong made that beautiful toe drag, again, that was reviewed and called a touchdown. We are in desperate, desperate need of an upgrade at wide receiver at Rutgers, and it remains to be seen you know, if we've actually accomplished that. But through one game, I'm pretty encouraged at this point. Uh, Jacques Jackson also looked good. He's another transfer portal newbie. Looked looked pretty damn good, as did uh, Chris Long. Looked pretty good in a few spots. And, you know, there's some other good signs. Um, For example, Manungai had a beautiful block, right, Um, on a Northwestern linebacker that was blitzing. It was like, I don't know, a third and ten. And they blitzed up the middle. Manungai beautifully. Beautifully took out this, this blitzing linebacker. I mean, knocked him on his ass. It was a beautiful block. It let Wimsack complete what was, I think, like a 14-yard pass to Washington on a big third down, and Rutgers ended up driving down and scoring. It was great. I mean, there were some small things in this game to look for that actually really helped a lot. That was one of them. Um, it was nice to see Rutgers, even though the other team had a fake punt, actually stopped them before they got to the first down marker. So they needed, I don't know, if they needed 10, they got nine. Basically, they got to within one yard of where they needed. But, you know, somebody, and I don't remember the guy's name now, uh, the linebacker was very attentive and and watched the pass, got out there in time, and uh, stopped them. So that was another good sign. Um, There were some negatives to take away from, you know, the game. Rutgers took over two times. In the first half in Northwestern Territory, and both times failed to get a point. They punted the first time, and they missed a 37-yard field goal the other time. Um, I don't know if I want to put quarterback play in the negative category, and, and I've already been reading a little bit about, and I see some extremely positive takes on Wimsack's game already, and it didn't quite match what I saw. And I don't think he was bad necessarily, but I'm seeing a few articles with some more than effusive praise. I read one article on NJ.com, and and I really don't think he was nearly as good as they're portraying him to be. I thought he was fine. (coughs) I didn't find him particularly accurate at all. 
which has been his continued and ongoing problem, right? Um, the key for Rutgers football this year is and will continue to be the improvement or non-improvement of Gavin Whips at a quarterback. Full stop. How Rutgers will do this year will depend on how good Gavin Wimsett does at quarterback. Other things obviously matter, but we need him to be a legit Big Ten quarterback. Full stop. We don't have A.J. Sriracha here, not until next year. And he's, by the way, doing fantastic. He's going to be, assuming he signs in November, uh, he's going to be spectacular uh, for Rutgers. And and he looks very accurate and looks like a real, legit quarterback who is accurate. Uh, For for Wimsat, after this game, I'm not very confident if that, you know, I'm not very confident that Gavin Wimsat has improved that much at quarterback. Um, he didn't throw in any interceptions. He was 17 for 29, had 163 yards, no interceptions. He did throw that TD pass with a nice toe drag. Uh, Wimsett also did manage to pick up a few critical third and fourth downs. Uh, one in particular on fourth down was great. Where Wimsett rolled to his left. He hit his receiver in stride for a big first down. That was nice to see. However, his accuracy... And the timing of his throws has been an issue. And from what I saw today, they continue to be an issue. He missed a wide open wide receiver in the right flank for a touchdown. Um, the receiver was running a, you know, a corner basically. And, and he just missed him badly, badly. Um, the timing of his throws, again, seemed to be off a little bit. Again, he was throwing a few passes a step or two late. You could see him roll a little bit to his right, wait, wait, and then release it. And the defensive back was on the receiver or a few times actually should have been picked off in and out of the um, defensive back's hands where it really just bad passes. I am not thrilled with the accuracy that I saw today. Uh, Again, 17 for 29. It's not bad. 163 yards against a bad Northwestern team is kind of bad. Um, when we see our quarterback throwing for 163 yards and there's praises up and down the lineup, um, when I from the people reporting on it, it's a little weird, right? Um, you know, if he threw for 263 or 363, it's, oh, yeah, look at that. He threw for 163 yards, right? Less than 10 yards of completion. Um, it's fine. He had some good things. Um, like I said, picked up some key third and fourth downs, which was great. Um, however, his accuracy and the timing have been an issue, and they continue to to be an issue. And I think that's a problem. Um, now, <laughs> saying his accuracy is a problem, I always crack up when I hear announcers, and I've said this before in this podcast, he's got everything. It's just he's got to work on his accuracy, which is just the stupidest thing to see because accuracy is everything. It's everything. If you don't have accuracy as a quarterback, you don't have anything. It's like saying, you know, this goalie, he's got everything. He just really has to stop more pucks, right? He can do everything except stop pucks. Like, it's everything, right? Accuracy is everything to a, to a quarterback. You know, I want I obviously... You know, would like someone to be accurate as well as, you know, have arm strength and mobility, but that's all secondary to accuracy and, and timing. Um, and this was mostly, in my mind, more the same for Wimsat, though he seemed a bit better. Um, again, we talked about two near picks. We had a handful of throws that were late coming out. His timing has to be crisper. Um, 
There were a few other negatives, like Rochelle muffing two punts, not just one. I mentioned the one he fumbled, you know, he fumbled away. That led to seven points, but he, he muffed another one and then recovered it. Patel, our new field goal kicker, missed a field goal from 37 yards. That's not great. Um, but there there were everything else was positive, right? The, the defense was great. They were really good. The defensive line in particular was outstanding. Pressure all day. The offensive line, surprisingly good. There were holes for running backs to run in some of the time. Not enough time. But pass protection, in my mind, was way, way, way better than we've seen. When Wimsat dropped back to pass, most of the time, he had enough time to make one, two, sometimes three reads. In the Big Ten, I haven't seen that for, for Rutgers in years. So we'll see. It's it's one game against a you know previously poor Northwestern team. You can't make a lot of proclamations off of this game. But I am optimistic that the offensive line is improved. And from what I saw today, it certainly is improved from last year, which is not saying anything because they were just a disaster of an offensive line. So when you look at what was good, you know, it's mostly everything except in my mind, Wimsat, you know, which is he was in the middle. Um, the offensive line, I thought, was really pretty good. The receivers seemed improved. The running backs were good. The defensive line and the entire defense was good. Again, it's really just the quarterback. The quarterback accuracy and timing have to continue to improve. Now, um, it's hard to find too much fault with Rutgers Sunday, other than, you know, like I said, a maybe less than perfect Wimsat. And, of course, those two must by Rochelle. Rutgers now moves on. They're 1-0. 1-0 in the Big Ten, 1-0 overall, and has Temple next week. All right, so hopefully we'll be 2-0 at home. Then we have Virginia Tech the week after that at home. So 3-0, you know, is a distinct possibility. Virginia Tech is certainly not a gimme win. We could easily lose that game. But it's possible that we're 3-0 before we go out to Ann Arbor and, and lose to Michigan. So um, a 3-0 start is possible, and um, hopefully we, we get there, and hopefully we look good against Temple and, and move on. It's a great start to the season for Rutgers. Um, that's really all I have to talk about. Go RU. Let's talk about the Yanks for one sec. So to shift gears here for one sec, and I'm not going to talk very long at all about the Yanks, uh, the Yanks finally decided here in September um, that, you know what? The Yanks might not be going anywhere this year. Shockingly. After four months or so of Jersey Guy shouting it, shouting it, shouting it, the Yanks have decided, you know what? We're probably not good enough to do anything. Let's see what the kids are like. Well, you know what? Better late than never because it's it's good to see the kids up here. Um, even though all the kids have not been doing very well since I called them up, I'd still rather see kids striking out than Stanton continuing to strike out every you know single lot bat. Now, the Yanks have called up the kids in force at this point. And the Yanks are much better for it. In addition, Josh Donaldson is gone. Good riddance. But of course, as with everything Cashman, way, 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 way too late. You know, just way too late. The same thing like Gary Sanchez. The same thing with Aaron Hicks. Same thing with Josh Donaldson. You held on to them way, way too long until just everyone and their mother is saying, what the frig are you doing, Cashman? So finally, they're gone. Now, Harrison Boehner was unceremoniously cut. You know, again, 
If Cashman didn't plan on signing him next year, as I said, right, he should have traded him at the deadline, as you heard, you know, this podcast are suggesting a few months back. So instead, we got nothing in return for Bader. But what we do have is Peraza, Pereira, and now we have Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells. So, you know, we have some youngsters up and let the kids be free. And certainly Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells are refreshing to see. Now, Pereira and Peraza have not been doing much since they've been called up. Both of them are just whiffing left and right and hitting about 130. Um, so, again, I'd still rather see those two doing that than some other, you know, schmucks for the Yanks go ahead and, you know, doing the same thing they've always been doing. So, winning the first two games against the Astros, however, you know, with a big part of the reason being the kids is reason enough to cheer. And I'll tell you what, uh, Jason Dominguez hitting a big homer to the opposite field off Verlander in the very first major league at bat. Austin Wells getting a single off Verlander led to that. Even in Saturday night's game, when the Yanks also beat the Astros, the Astros, it was a back-and-forth game. The Astros had the lead in the middle to late innings, and, and it was maybe 4-3 in the sixth or something. And, you know, we had, I don't know, maybe it was the bases loaded. And, of course... Trying to think of the, the righty that was up before um, Wells, but but again we had a, a right hand pitcher against us with the curveballs, and we just we struck out, of course, with the bases loaded. You can't put the bat on the ball. Typical Yankees, and it's our typical swing at the ball <coughs> when it's a foot off the plate. And a lot of these curveballs work on many of our righties. But lo and behold, Wells steps up, and he's a lefty. And I'm like, ah, oh, this guy's curveball is not going to work against us. Sure enough, Wells is a sacrifice fly, and the Yanks tie the game. After that, uh, Peraza ended up getting uh, a hit with two outs and uh, scoring the go-ahead run, and the Yanks ended up winning that game. But the Yanks need to have more lefties on the team. And bringing up Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells, among other things, accomplishes that. Wells is a lefty hitter. And Jason Dominguez is a switch hitter. And because there's so many righties, you know, he'll be effectively a, a lefty when we need a lefty, right? So that's two more lefties in the lineup in a, in a team that desperately needs more lefty hitters in the lineup. So it helps the Yanks in many ways. It's exciting. Dominguez looks every bit the star. And he's only 20 years old. He looks every bit the star that he's pegged to be. Uh, Austin Wells, it's hard to say. Apparently, you know, he's not... Uh, the greatest catcher, but apparently he can hit really well. So let's let's see what he can do. Who knows? I mean, we our catchers have been just below shitty this year anyway. Let's face it, Higgy never throws anybody out. You know, Rourkevet can't throw anybody out, nor can he hit. So you know, until we actually get you know Trevino back, who the hell knows who's going to be catching? So why why not have Wells up here? Winning the first two games against the Astros, again, with these kids, is enough for me to cheer on its own, no matter what the hell happens the rest of the series or the rest of September. And again, having them be lefty, I can't stress enough, Cashman, how important it is to have decent lefty hitters in the lineup. Um, It's fun to watch, you know, and I talked about that sacrifice fly, but just having lefties there, forcing pitching changes, being able to, you know, not swing and miss at curveballs that fade out of the zone like you just see in your dreams against the Yankees. Volpe does it all the time. Stanton does it all the time. Recently, Judge has been slumping and doing it sometimes. 
Occasionally, even DJ has been doing it. Like, it's just, it's too much. And it's over and over. Certainly, Pereira and Praza, you know, continue to do the same thing. So, having a lefty that come in is, ah, okay, finally. <laughs> you have to have some other pitch as a righty to actually get us out. Might actually help. It's fun to watch. And uh, let the fun continue. That's all I got to say. Um, are there any more young pitchers, by the way, we can bring up? I'll take anything we can get as far as youth from the Yanks at this point. It's it's fun. It's better. We know the season is shot. We can only pray to have some kind of change in management next year, which probably isn't coming. But I'll enjoy the kids while I can. You know, yeah, I'll enjoy it. What more can I say about this Yankee season? It's good to see. And I want much more of Pereira, Peraza, Jason Dominguez, and Austin Wells right now. So let's have it. And that's all I have for you today, guys. Thanks for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe if you can, will you? Click like, click five stars, click subscribe, depending on the platform you're on. Leave some feedback if you want. Tell your friends all about it, and I'll be back soon with some more sports talk. Thanks, and have a good day.